Welcome to Exploring Axon, a podcast where we discuss Axon Framework, Axon Server, and their ecosystem. I am your host and the producer of this podcast, Sarah Tori. In this episode, my guest Arian talked about his new event modeling tool, Model My Code. He explained how to use it and where to get it from. He discussed why it is important to, as he puts it, make design center stage again, as well as the importance of outcome-driven discovery sessions. Arian's tool will be available as a public beta next week. I hope you enjoy our conversation, and let's have a listen. Hi, Arian. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. It's it's my pleasure. It's a beautiful day here in New Zealand, so uh, I'm all in the mood. <laughs> Fantastic. And you're already a day ahead of me. I hope your yesterday was good. <laughs> your today is even better. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Arian, can you tell everybody about uh, who you are? And of course, you're in New Zealand, but uh, um, if you'd like to talk about your background and uh, what you do, that would be great. Yeah, that's uh, no problem. So um, I was born in the Netherlands and uh, raised there in the neighborhood of uh, Rotterdam. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always been in IT. I started my first company when I was 18 years old. So I was in there pretty soon. Uh, early with the FIC-20, Commodore 64, all those uh, awesome machines. (laughs) And uh, I couldn't get enough of it. So I really kept going. And um, since that period, I've been designing software, programming, uh, doing every aspect of the software lifecycle. Met my wife uh, as my secretary, so, uh, <laughs> yep, yep. And after five years circling around each other, because it's no thing that going out with your secretary, we decided to marry <laughs> finally and um, have three children by now. And about 15 years ago, we decided to move to New Zealand because it was a little bit crowded in the Netherlands. Yeah. And especially as a small company, it was not always easy. And we sure. thought New Zealand is the land of opportunities mm-hmm. and indeed it has been perfect over here it, it's an amazing country to stay uh, definitely don't go there if you think you can avoid your problems because you take your problems with you exactly. but it, it's a country where there are options to resolve them or enter mm-hmm. new problems as we discussed earlier of course yeah <laughs> So we have been the victim of the bad weather that you people perhaps have heard about. And at the moment, we're not allowed in our house. So interesting times, but overall, no regrets of moving here. And it's even for IT, it's a perfect place to be. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, sorry about the situation. I really hope that you get back to your home and uh, everything gets resolved uh, without any damages. So yeah, we'll we'll hope for that for sure. Um, So Aryan, you did explain that you've been in IT for a really long time, um, which will explain a lot of what you do now. Um, But I kind of want to find out about uh, how you actually got interested in the uh, current consultancy services that you offer. And if you don't mind, do talk about that. 
and talk a little bit about what those are and um, maybe where your interest came to uh, sort of develop for these uh, topics. And also, um, has it been uh, what you had hoped for? (laughs) And I'm specifically talking about, you know, things like domain-driven design and event sourcing and sort of these uh, architectural concepts that we're talking about. Um, Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, no. Um, so about a year ago, after uh, spending most of my life, what I describe as a product lifecycle coach, so mm-hmm. spending time in every aspect of the, the software lifecycle, uh, I decided a year ago that it was time for me to put my words uh, um, in action and uh, start a company called EBD Connect. And this company is focused on making life for event-driven architecture easier. Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk in uh, our circuit around event-driven is hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that scares off a lot of people without the need for it. I think there are opportunities to simplify things. Mm -hmm. And specifically uh, around uh, event sourcing and CQRS type of architectures, I think uh, with the occurrence of event modeling by Adam uh, Dimitrik, uh, there's a real opportunity there to make it quite easy for new people to get into the vibe of event-driven architecture. Absolutely. So um, after um, I spent uh, two years before EBD Connect building up a whole CQRS event sourcing framework and working with Exonic to actually yeah. implement an right. event sourcing uh, environment. Um, I was so enthusiastic about that approach that I decided, hey, uh, I know there are a couple of tools and everybody's using Miro and um, Jira, sorry, um, what's the other one? The, um, the drawing oh, no. tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's not quite there. You still Mm -hmm. need to spend a lot of time and especially when you get to the point that you have to change something, then it is a disaster. And often people choose not to model it anymore or to start all over again. And in, um, I spent in two, already beginning 2000, I did my own event modeling, but in a quite different way, it, it, it was called a model driven environment. And we used so-called Petri nets to model the messages, the tokens, stateful tokens moving Mm -hmm. between tasks. So that was already an early start for me in that area. And I knew that you can simplify the situation by looking at small pieces of a process. And event modeling by Adam allows you to do that. It actually zooms in on a simple stream, no decisions. So that allows for a very clear view on what you're trying to achieve. But still, the problem was there of that barrier of the tooling. So Mm -hmm. I decided that, hey, I'll start with a new tool that is a allows you to model and hopefully also do some code generation because all the scaffolding and repeating all the same patterns over and over is is quite a challenge. Yeah. But um, what I found was that if you actually apply event modeling 
there are a couple of concepts missing from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Tell me where, about this. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I started to look, of course, at domain-driven design. Yeah. But my problem with domain-driven design is it's way too technical. Right, it's right. not a tool that I think is very suitable to talk with business people. But event modeling sort of is. There's a little yeah. bit of noise in the background, but yeah. people can understand it. Mm-hmm. So started looking at event storming, as Adam suggests, that's actually the first step that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. But even the official event storming methodology is talking about systems. Yeah, right. and trying yeah. actually to do the work for our technical people, not mm-hmm. the work for the business people. For the business side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the business side needs to be represented more. And I even challenge the word event. Because yeah. if you talk about events with business people, they say, oh, where's the wedding or where do we have drinks? Yeah. They're yeah, not yeah, thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So it has a different meaning to them, yeah. a different context. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I constantly came across that when I told people, hey, I've got a new business and I'm doing event driven design. I thought, oh, I've got somebody that's organizing parties. Could you perhaps solve the problems for them? <laughs> oh, I can see how that can change so quickly, that conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I, I still don't have the right word. I, I'm thinking about process triggers, business mm-hmm. triggers, something like that. I, I'm still searching. So please, people, if you got the right word, tell me. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I started with the principles of it needs to be completely technology agnostic, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. using terminology that business people can understand. And okay. if we have the need for technical details, we should be able to hide it. Mm, yeah. So, I like that. Okay. so overall, my vision is to significantly improve execution of business strategy mm-hmm. by using what I call outcome-driven knowledge modeling. Okay. Yeah. So most importantly, outcome-driven, not mm-hmm. event-driven, outcome-driven. Outcome-driven. Yeah. And then outcome is defined as what changes people's behavior. Yeah, I'm not looking yep. for outcomes of systems because if they have outcomes but people don't change their behavior, what's the value? It there doesn't change, no. right? Exactly. It doesn't change the outcome. So that's yeah. the starting point for me. So first of all, you have the discussion. Can you describe me what your outcome of the project is? I really like that because it's so much easier to understand it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is most customers can't. Huh. Okay. Because they don't agree on the outcome. Right. Yeah. Is it that they don't agree within the team or teams? Or just as an organization, they can't agree? As an organization. The outcome is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. And it actually shows the biggest danger of a normal approach where you start with solutioning and trying to find requirements. Yep. Because then people each individual is starting to make up the outcome in their mind, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. will probably not be the same of the other person sitting right next to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I bring that out in the beginning to have clarity around outcomes. And if they can't define it, then I'll ask, how would you measure that you've been successful? Mm, Okay. Again, looking from your customers or your internal customers. Yeah. Right. 
So the funny thing is, if they describe what the, the outcome, the measurable outcomes are, they are describing events. Right. This must have happened to get to this to outcome. To get there. Right, yeah. So what I'm doing is then saying, okay, so those are the key business events mm -hmm. that we're looking for, business triggers. Yeah. How did we get the information that sits inside that event? Mm -hmm. Which is dependent on events that happened earlier. Right. Exactly. So I'm working backwards. Yeah. And by working backwards, I always work with what I know, not with what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And in one go, I remove all the communication problems that we have currently with Agile, where mm -hmm. we do iterations to figure out where we're wrong. I see. So in this case, then, in order to determine the outcome, would you look at the data to determine what that outcome is and then go backwards to look at what events would have uh, basically produced those outcomes? Yes. In a, so... I call them facts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay. what actually happens is when an event occurs, it's where information is turned into knowledge. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because, right. And that's where another aspect what for me is missing in event modeling. In what context? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually really interesting you mentioned the context. Uh, we were doing a workshop with Allart a few weeks yeah. ago here in Houston, actually. And um, it was the first event modeling session that I had done with people that came from various companies and backgrounds. And we had very technical people and we had yeah. non-technical people. And they all had come into the same room and we were talking about... Um, this particular application that we wanted to create and we were doing, we were in the process of this uh, event storming part of event modeling. And it was very interesting because even though we had given them the outcome, so we had told them, okay, yep. this is what we want to have at the end. How do we get there? Um, the kind of events basically that each individual was coming up with for the most part, was it within the context, because we had sort of given them the outline-ish yeah. of the context, but it was interesting because a few people were suggesting things that could have been in this context, but they were not exactly fitting in the context. So I'm really glad you mentioned that because that context, when it's defined, it helps to understand this yes. event, these facts, this outcome. But even if it's a little bit blurry, it can actually cause a lot of uh, interesting situations. Yes, <laughs> so yes. And that's where ubiquitous yeah. language uh, pops up, of course. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. talked about that too. We're like, oh, now we're talking about language. This yeah, is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. with my tool, the first step that you're taking after defining the outcome is you can do the event storming, but what I actually prefer is then you define the context, and there can right. be multiple contexts. Mm -hmm. And then you can put timelines in the system, yeah. and where you can say, okay, this timeline represents a flow of events, yeah, which have a system outcome, All yeah, right. and not the final outcome, but the system outcome. Mm-hmm. And you place those timelines in the context that you want to use. So okay. you visually see 
these timelines and these events belong in this context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And only when you've got events in a timeline, in a context, you are allowed to create an event model. Okay, all right. Yeah, because an event model is zooming in on one timeline. Yeah. Right, right. And then in that timeline, you can pull in events from other timelines as triggers, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you see how there are dependencies between timelines mm-hmm. and okay. how there are dependencies between contexts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And one other aspect that I haven't mentioned yet is that I also assign a owner mm-hmm. to an event who is okay. responsible for this event to happen. And is it an owner in terms of a system owns this event or no, context? A person, or... a person, oh, person or a department. Okay. Yeah. Ah, so very it's good. an actor. Aha, okay. uh-huh. I see, I see. Yeah. And yep. so I can say uh, kitchen is responsible for this event and drivers are responsible or driver is responsible for this event. Mm-hmm. Right. And the funny thing is, if you then press a button, you can generate 80% of your event model in one go. Because you see a line of all the events, you have defined them with the past tense, which I check with natural language processing, that it's actually past tense and that you have not mistaken and put it in in future tense or whatever. Right. And then you only need to decide, do I want to create an interface? Is, are people entering the information mm-hmm. or is it automation? Those are the only two choices that you have to make. Right. And That's really great d- because then you can really wireframe it or figure out if it's a third-party system. and Exactly. It. Yeah, exactly. And, nice. Okay. And I don't have to type in all the names anymore because from the past tense, I generate what the future tense is. So I create the name of the command. I create the name of the interface. I create the name of the query. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That makes it so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the other reason why I'm doing it like that, I want to move away. The one part where I slightly disagree with Adam is the (laughs) storytelling. Because okay. storytelling pushes you to the solution side of things. I see. Where you start to come up with, I think we need this, I think we need that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you start with the event and the facts in the event, you know what you need. Right. The only exactly. thing you don't know is, how do I get how those get facts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that event modeling is meant to focus on how the interface looks like right. yeah and my experience from using event modeling it was people st- basically it becomes a ux exercise mm-hmm. yeah everybody's mm-hmm. starting to talk about the interface the, the wire framing etc wire framing is the last 20 percent of your solution i see because it's just how you get your facts in the system so as opposed to basically Focusing on it from the beginning, focusing on the UI UX from the beginning, you kind of focus on the facts and focus on the outcome. And then at the end, once you have determined all of the important <laughs> yeah, parts, <laughs> then you figure out yeah. where is your user interface? Where do you need to wireframe really? Yeah. 
where do you go to third party systems? Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and and that's actually the part where solutioning comes in because that's where with creative UX you can improve how efficiently you get that information. But before that, you've built up what I call the knowledge model that yeah. you can actually, you have no longer a known unknowns. Yeah. Right. The right. biggest disruption when you're building systems using event modeling or perhaps event driven architecture in general is that you find, oh, I'm missing that piece of information. Or I used the wrong name because the source is completely different than I thought. And then you need to start fiddling around and refactoring and new schemas and migrations, etc. Well, if you start at the back and move backwards, yeah. at that point, you already know everything. You've already discussed all the terminology. So mm -hmm. that's way more fixed. And you actually know that all information is available. Right. So you so, can test your whole system. Exactly. Now, say your outcome changes and yep. um, because sometimes it does, many times yep. it does, right? Do you then um, do this whole process over or is it sort of like a, a live model and it's a living model that you have to keep going and checking to see where you need to make improvements and when you need to make adjustments? Uh, what is your process in those situations? Yeah. So I'm hoping for uh, that it's a live model, but yeah. it depends how you do the code generation. So that's the second part of my tool. It's basically a, a low code or a, a tool environment mm -hmm. where I'm not generating the code. I'm just providing the information of the meta model. Right. And I provide that information to temp uh, generators that use templates. Okay. And that means that you can use any language. Sorry, mm -hmm. not just Exonic and Java. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course. <laughs> but that's we, we, we like a language agnostic as well. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, as, as with signups, you definitely go in there. So <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. you exactly hit it right on the head. That's yeah, right. yeah. So uh, what I'm uh, providing is a mapping of the data types to your language system. Mm -hmm. And then how you generate your code is up to you. Up I'm to not, you. Right. with my tool, I'm not touching the code. Right. right. So if you write code in the right architecture, yeah. that means that you can have a two-way connection. Because mm -hmm. if you know the template, you can investigate the code and get it back to the model. Okay. But what right. I think is way more important, and it was one of the things that I discovered using event modeling, is the fact that an organic architecture is really possible if you make the event the most important part in your system. Right. Do everything from an event. And that's mm -hmm. what I almost enforce in the tool. If you don't yeah. have an event, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And the biggest mistake that I was doing in the past is because of dry principles, uh, we hammered into you, don't repeat yourself. So I'm trying to reuse events. And yeah. that's the worst case scenario right. that you can have. <laughs> You're not <Yeah>? dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what I really believe in is that with the context, you actually, I'm not copying an event no i'm creating a new event that is mm -hmm. is a virtual representation of that external event so i force I people to have new events for everything so mm -hmm. if your outcome changes 
it means you introduce new events. I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. And, or, of course, your schema can be extended, but then the benefit of the tool is because you've got it in the tool, schema versioning is automatically built in. Okay, More nice. importantly, the history of the event schemas is there, so exactly. you can have generators that help you create migration tools. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually, um, I was attending one of uh, Adam's meetups a couple months ago, and yeah. somebody asked about your tool, and oh. uh, Adam said, I don't know if cat's out of the bag yet. I don't know if we can <laughs> talk about this. And I said, I, I think it is. <laughs> so. Yeah. Is it available for folks to use it? If so, where can they find it? And I can also add it in the show notes, but what, is, what stage are we in? Yeah, so of course, due to all the disruption in the, in the last month, yeah, we've slowed down a little bit. But the good thing is that actually uh, we're hoping to start with the uh, beta next week. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah, Good timing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm busy with the last bit of refactoring. Mm -hmm. And um, when it uh, comes out, it will be in the format of uh, a free version and a uh, professional version and something more for organizations. Okay. So the element that's still missing is the collaboration mm -hmm. aspect. Okay. So I've got hmm. ideas around, so <laughs> test that first. But um, once the tool comes out, it will be provided with an example template to use with Exonic. Okay. All right. Exonic. And there will be an example to work with a, a TypeScript environment. Nice. So people can see, okay, this is an example of how I can do code generation. My emphasis in the beginning is really on, on the building the models and see if that works as expected. Okay. The other mm -hmm. will be it's English only for now. Mm -hmm. Natural language processing in other languages is not that easy to find. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. No, I understand. So what should folks expect? Do they, let's say they, well, first of all, where do they find it? Is it on your website or yes. yeah, is it so, on GitHub? Uh, where do they go? There, there's a link through ebdconnect.com. Okay, but great. the direct direction would be to go to app.modelmycode.com, okay. which is the name of the tool, Model My Code. Very nice. I will share that in the notes as well. And so, what what should somebody expect if I, if I go in there and I download the app? Uh, will it give me some kind of onboarding guidance where to go and how to do it, basically? Uh, I'm hoping that very little guidance is necessary. Fantastic. But... That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there will be some uh, hints on how to use the tool. But again, mm -hmm. I, I think that's where Adam made a brilliant uh, uh, modeling technique. It's, it, it's just so straightforward. Once you know the yeah. basic principles, there's nothing more to it. Mm -hmm. And it's Perfect. the same, hopefully, with my tool that uh, you set up a project, you start with building your events, timelines, and contexts, and then you press a button and you start and voila. your model. Done. There you are. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, the three things you need to know is your events, your timeline, and your context. And yeah. 
Yes, and then perhaps actors, the, I, I, you can just use the default actor. You don't mm -hmm. need to use it, but it's the okay. same as in event modeling. It's the lanes above that decides, do I, am I interested that it's an anonymous user in this stage of the line? And then I move to a, a logged in user. Is it a third party uh, integration, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. This is so exciting, Ariane. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to it since. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when was know. it? Before September, and uh, yeah. yeah, you and I had a good conversation on that in Amsterdam. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to, to see what happens next week and playing with it and uh, yeah. introducing it to others. That's really fantastic. Now, um, if anyone has questions or if they're playing around with it and uh, they need some support. Yeah. Uh, do you offer that? Where can they reach you? Yeah, so okay. I'm. Uh, there will be a, a chat in in the tool, so okay, they can use that. But otherwise, okay. always an, an email at arian at modelmycode.com or arian at ebdconnect.com mm -hmm. will always reach me. Uh, be aware that perhaps during the middle of the, your day, I won't be answering at that You'll point. You'll be asleep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I've actually already made contacts to set up support in uh, in the Europe time zone. So Excellent. once we get going, then there should be 24-7 support available. Awesome. That's really exciting. This is this is really great stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely we'll share all of the links in the notes. And, uh, again, looking forward to uh, seeing it in action next week. Really happy mm -hmm. that I got the chance to talk to you. I know we had... Uh, difficulty with everything that's happening in uh, in New Zealand and uh, yeah. with your home. I really hope for the best, and I hope you get back to uh, your own house and just your routine as soon yeah. as possible. But I really appreciate you spending the time with me today. It was uh, really good, uh, as you noticed. I, I love talking about this, so uh, it's my passion. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. Of course, great talking to you as always, and uh, hope to chat again soon. Have a good right. one. Bye. Thank you for listening to my talk with Ariane. I hope you give his tool a try. And please join me next time as I speak with wonderful guests about amazing topics. Until then, have a great time and happy coding.